Hey, entrepreneurs, it's Steph here. Do you want to experience what it's like to be part of our Entrepreneurial League community of founders? Now is your chance. New member open enrollment begins on June 10th, and so does our Experience Week. I really want you to have the opportunity to experience what it's like to be part of the most supportive community that will be here to support you at all stages of your business journey during our Experience Week. This will be a five-day virtual event series, and it starts on Monday, June 10th through Friday, June 14th. You're going to get access to live networking and learning events, business growth strategies, as well as office hours with Kim Perel, who is a CEO and serial entrepreneurista, as well as a prominent angel investor. You will also get access to a session on how to win grants with Kat Weaver and Katie Dunn, founders of Power to Pitch. Plus, our mentor, Carrie Kirpin, will be teaching a session all about how to build a profitable business that can sell for more money. And of course, I'll be hosting two info and networking sessions where you can really get an inside look at all of the exclusive benefits and resources that are offered only inside of our Entrepreneurs League community. Plus, you'll have the chance to meet and build relationships with current members. You can register today for Experience Week over at entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week. That's entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week to join us for a week of free virtual events. I cannot wait to meet you and be part of your business journey. I think willpower is a funny thing in that willpower is basically the ability to have an idea and make that reality, right? If you think I'm going to run a company one day, And putting concrete steps every day to make that happen, manifesting that into reality, and knowing that you might be doing a different job right now, but I did this, this, this today to put that plan in motion. Imagine you were on Shark Tank and made a deal on air. The deal didn't work out off air, but the exposure propelled your business to the next level. For co-founder and co-CEO Christine Chang and her company Glow Recipe, which curates the best natural and effective Korean skincare, that's actually her reality. Coming up, you'll hear about Christine and Glow Recipe's journey, including the impact of willpower, the myth of the 15 steps of the K-beauty regimen, working with your best friend and succeeding as a working mom, the concept of hiring slow, firing fast, and why she and her co-founder interview every employee, and how everything Christine does might just be to inspire her daughter, paving the way for the next generation of women and doing something that really excites her. This is the Entreprenista Podcast. Presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. I am so thrilled to be with Christine from Glow Recipe here today. Thank you so much for joining me. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. There's a lot that I want to ask you, but the first thing that I want to start with is Shark Tank. You and your business partner turned down a deal. What was that like? (laughs) Well, what was it like being on there? And then what was it like saying no? I mean, Shark Tank was surreal. We saw the casting call banner pop up on some site and we're like, okay, let's just go. It's a cold day in April. We stood outside ABC Studios and you never really think you're going to make it through an open casting call, but we still tried our best. We actually had sheet masks on during our pitch. 
which we thought was a little bit of differentiation. The producers actually loved it, even though we flubbed our lines completely. And somehow a couple months later, we were flying out to Culver City. Um, We got like a call a week before, had to cancel our meetings, flew out. And the whole time they're telling you, you know, you might be here in Culver City, but doesn't mean you're going to be online. Like it doesn't mean you're going to be on air. And the whole time, we just weren't sure until the very last second that our segment would air. But it was incredible. People say it's intense, um, a little combative sometimes. But we kind of looked at it from the perspective of when will you ever have five accomplished business people dissecting your business for an hour? It's like a free consultation in a way. So it forced us to really be on top of our numbers, really understand the ins and outs of our business. We did our best with the pitch. We got three offers. Actually shook hands with Robert Herjavec on the show. But eventually... Oh, so you did make a deal with him on the show. We did make a deal, actually. But eventually, I think at the time, we weren't really looking for a cash infusion. We were cash flow positive, actually, since month three of our business. Amazing. And so we were in a good place financially. We were more looking for a strategic partner. And I think as we you know, had more discussions with their team, we amicably decided like it wasn't the right fit and parted ways. But our segment still aired in early December, right in time for the Christmas rush. So it was insanity. Our site traffic was so much that it actually went down for 10 minutes. We had to all head it down to our Brooklyn warehouse in this cold December and pack boxes alongside our warehouse team because there just wasn't enough hands. So it's really an experience to remember. Yeah. So do you think that your business would be where it is today if you weren't on Shark Tank? Oh, no. It was such a turning point for us. And the value of Shark Tank is, yes, you're on air. You reach, at the time, I think the viewership was close to 9 million people. And you reach such a broad audience because we had a fan base at the time in both the East and West Coasts of the country. But to be able to reach everybody across the nation that really blew up our, our customer base. How many people went to your site when it was live? I can't remember the exact numbers, but I just remember looking at the graph. So we use this back-end platform, and you could see the graph just spike upwards, vertical. Where were you? Were you sitting in your office? Were you having a party, <laughs> celebrating? I know a lot of people have viewing parties for Shark Tank. <laughs> we were too nervous because we were like, what if we look terrible on the show? You know, there have been instances of people like crying and fleeing the scene. (laughs) So (laughs) it gets emotional and, you know, you don't know how you're going to be edited. So it was literally us, our husbands, all in front of laptops, ready to answer customer inquiries and emails and tweets. Um, Just pizza, just watching the show together. Are your husbands involved in the business? So they all have their own jobs, um, but they've (laughs) both been super supportive. They're your interns. (laughs) Super support. Yeah, exactly. Um, my husband will sometimes send me little links to Google, like articles he's found about us and be like, hey, you were exposed here. And I'm like, that's sweet that he was thinking about us that way. Yeah. On um, When you watch it, they only show maybe five, 10 minutes. How long is the actual process? Oh, oh my God. We filmed well over an hour. Oh, wow. That's why they have so much material. Yeah. And that's why editing. You is and like, you don't know what they're going to show exactly. you. Exactly. It's an art form. You can edit someone to be a villain or edit someone to be amazingly positive and it was just, it was luck of the draw. And we, we couldn't have been happier about how the segment turned out. Our producer was amazing. So overall, super positive experience. So your episode airs, you run into your warehouse. What happens the next day? So the next day, the traffic actually never really piped down until I would say a week later. It kept on going. We we were drowning in customer emails that were so curious about what this K-Beauty routine is. How do I get into K-Beauty? Um, So a lot of our time was spent like 
connecting with new customers, shipping out orders, making sure our site was up to speed. And then the press inquiries that came in from different editors around the country after they saw the Shark Tank segment was also mind-blowing. What year did you start your business? So 2014, end of 2014. That was right after we each did a decade-long stint at L'Oreal. So we were marketers and product developers well before we even started the business. Um, and at the time, we were working with manufacturers from all over the world, and we were seeing uh, this global beauty trend where all of these huge global beauty companies were looking to Korea for the latest innovations. They were launching or test launching their products in Korea specifically because the market is so competitive there. The thought process was if you can make your product successful in Korea, it can be successful anywhere. So just seeing that firsthand, I think it really was an aha moment for us. And then paired with the fact that we were the only two people in the entire L'Oreal office that really had beauty experience both in L'Oreal Korea and the U.S., truly bilingual, truly bicultural, we thought we could really make a difference in terms of bridging the two cultures to bring over this new beauty revolution. So would you talk about this idea of starting a business uh, after work, while you were it there? How did it come to be? after work. Um, we were sheet masking and whining <laughs> at Sarah's apartment. We oft we've been friends for a, well over a decade. I was a bridesmaid at Sarah's wedding. Aww. She threw my baby shower for me. We've been friends forever. Um, and so after work, we would catch up because we never actually worked on the same brands. So we would catch up afterwards and very often sheet mask together. We were at our apartment at the time. And we're, that was kind of the, the ignition of the whole discussion. Why don't we put our stamp on what K-beauty really means in the U.S.? Because at the time, Korean beauty was present, but it would tend to be very packaging-driven, a little promotional, very kitschy. The real quality, natural products that we were seeing, the indie brands, weren't really given a voice here. So we wanted to be that bridge. And did you quit your jobs the next day? What no, was that process I mean, like? the conversation happened and we, we mulled over it for a while because honestly, both of us were so happy in our, in our past lives. We loved our careers. We loved what we were doing. So it was a big decision. Um, I think we were on a good track even within L'Oreal to have stayed there. But I think once you know something is really right in your gut, and you know that it's the right path, you kind of just have to go for it. So did you work on this on the side for a Not while? Not at all, actually. We just decided, okay, this is going to be our next path. We actually quit our jobs um, within a few months of each other. And Who then quit at that first? time, I quit first. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, it wasn't so much as working on the side because L'Oreal is an intense work culture. So it's not really, it doesn't really permit you a lot of side mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. to start a site. We didn't have a site when we quit. So we actually had to start cobbling together a site then. We actually flew to Korea without anything really prepared and got eight brands on board with us. We pitched our vision, what we were thinking of, how we would partner with them to bring over their message here. Um, and the fact that we had a marketing background really helped because they knew they were in good hands for us to launch them here. So these eight early brands, um, most of them are still with us today. They launched, And then we launched our site at the very end of 2014. Amazing. What was it like starting a business with your best friend? I've started a business with my best friend, so we could trade a lot of stories. <laughs> Let's do that. No, it's, <laughs> it's honestly been really amazing because I'm sure you know, too, the highs are high and the lows are very low. There's like a roller coaster every day. Oh, yes. There's new fires, new emergencies, new things you're learning. 
because we have that experience in beauty, but we're not accountants or lawyers or all of these other things that you kind of have to be in the early stages of your business. And so it was discovering them together, learning together, and it having that sounding board and that sense of um, someone you can always go to, always trust was really, really helpful. I can't imagine having done this without her. Did you divide responsibilities? In the beginning, um, not so much because I think a lot of it was so new to us. We Having that discussion between the two of us was actually really helpful in arriving at a better conclusion, like that brainstorming. And that's kind of how we were trained at L'Oreal as well. Now we divide brands, divide retailers, divide certain projects because our team is much bigger now. Um, And we've learned what type of division is most effective for the team. But for the important decisions, we still discuss every single one. Do you ever disagree? Absolutely, we do. I mean, (laughs) we're different personalities. Um, We grew up in different places. So of course, we're going to bring different points of view to the table. But I actually enjoy the process of discussion. And we are always able to reach a place where we know is the best thing for the business. Is there anything that you typically disagree on? So funny. Actually, the more time we spend with each other, it's kind of like an old married couple. Yes, because we get agreeing that on a lot of. <laughs> we agree a lot more now than we do disagree. I don't know if there's any one topic that we do disagree on, but I think what's great is neither of us are really afraid to voice mm-hmm. our opinion because we've learned over time that you need both perspectives to take it to that next place. What would you say is your biggest strength? What would you say is your partner's biggest strength? How do you balance each other out? I think Sarah is really creative. I think she's such a people person. She's much more extroverted than I am. I'm technically an introvert. Me too. Um, And so I think those kind of qualities balance each other out. Because of my introverted qualities, I tend to be very observant, um, very clued into the nuances of certain situations. I love writing. I actually did a master's in Colombia um, in between my L'Oreal career and literature, and Korean literature. Oh, wow. So different strengths, um, but I think it all works out. What would you say was the biggest challenge in the early days? Biggest challenge? Um, definitely the fact that, once again, <laughs> we didn't have law degrees. We didn't have accounting degrees or we didn't we weren't like financial backgrounds so like getting the books in order or the back end of the site um, figuring out the coding and the html when you don't have exactly the money to hire a really really big developing company um google was our best friend as we like to say google is still our best friend still our best friend and some nights i found myself up at midnight photoshopping images for emails i am not a graphic designer but you just figure things out and you're scrappy about it until you can get to a level where you can hire the right talent who was your first hire our first hire was an intern actually Uh, She was a marketing intern. She's now actually working in Korea in a beauty company. And I love seeing her flourish that way. She was with us for well over a year. And then our next full-time hire was a marketing person as well. Did they come from L'Oreal? No, um, she was actually straight out of school. And I think that's been a really big learning for us during the hiring process is the resume only is so much. It's a certain percentage of the equation, but it's not everything. Even people we've hired straight for out of school, no experience except for a few internships, some of them are rock stars at our company because they bring drive and understanding of beauty and that gut instinct and 
wanting to take ownership and loving the fact that they're giving so much responsibility off the bat. Like there's a certain personality type that really, really thrives at Glow Recipe. And it's been really rewarding to see these people blossom in their careers. How many people are you now? So now we're at 23. We just hired two more people who are joining us next week. Um, so growing. Yeah. Do you, have you made any hiring mistakes? Absolutely. So hiring has been one of the most challenging things because I think a lot of people come into it thinking, I want to work at a startup. And they don't really know what that entails, the level of ownership and kind of commitment and passion you have to bring to that. Um, so I remember some founder telling me you have to hire slow and fire fast, which is not something easy to implement. No, it's not. But I thought that was really good advice because sometimes when it's not a fit, you just know it's not a fit and you have to you have to really look at that from all angles and make sure that it's really benefiting everyone on the team. Um, but when the hire is right, they can make such a difference. One person can change the business. Do you have a special uh, interview process given what you've learned over the years? Yeah, I like to ask questions about what they found the most challenging, embarrassing um, disruptive experiences that they've had in the past. And I've gotten some really interesting answers. Like we were interviewing this person for PR and I asked what their most challenging experience was in their past job. And she actually started to flush from her chest up, just remembering the experience. Oh so I gosh. could tell it was very <laughs> real for her still, but it was a good insight into what would trigger too much stress or how they handled adversity. So those types of questions. Do you still interview, both of you interview everyone? Everyone. I think it's so important. Yes. And we've learned over the years that it just makes such a difference. And Have what's there... your favorite hiring question? I actually want to know. My favorite hiring question? Uh, there are three questions that I, or four questions that I always ask. It's, you know, what are your ultimate career goals? Mm -hmm. Just to, you know, get a sense of what they're working towards. And then I always ask strengths and, and weaknesses or something they just don't enjoy doing. And I oh, get a, a lot of uh, interesting information out of what don't you like to do. Yeah. And then I'll also ask uh, people to tell me about the biggest mistake they've ever made and what they've learned from it. That's and then something Stephanie started asking, which I like, is what's the nicest thing you've ever done for someone? Because at Socialfly, we're trying to build a, um, a culture of positivity. So we like yes. to hear what what nice things people do for other people. I'm going to implement that right away. <laughs> I have another interview today. Yeah, Stay ask tuned. it. Ask it. And like I'll just do. throw in some random questions. And then also for the technical side of our business, I've learned that um, it's really important to, to give like some sort of assessment um, while they're there. Mm, that makes sense. Because we, we buy a lot of media for, yeah. for our clients. Well, we so. do ask a lot of beauty questions too. Because if someone's not a beauty junkie, are you really going to enjoy working yeah. at a beauty company? Yeah. What's the nicest thing you've ever done for someone? <laughs> Love that. So can it be a family member? Anything. Okay. Anything. So my husband honestly has been the biggest supporter for the business. He has taken over when I need to go on trips. And I could not have done this without him. So I gave him a complete dad's weekend off with a reservation to a nice restaurant with his buddies and wine time, um, a wine fridge to stock his favorite wines. <laughs> So it was like an all about him weekend, which I think he really deserved. 
Oh, that's so sweet. When was this? This was a couple months ago. It was also our 10-year anniversary, so it kind of coincided with all of that. Yeah, 10-year anniversary. Go do something without me. (laughs) (laughs) When you're in 10 years. (laughs) Coming up, a surprise and Christine's take on marketing. Hi, Entrepreneistas. You know I am always here to provide you with as much value as possible. So I wanted to be sure that you have access to the Entrepreneista Agenda, our weekly newsletter where we share the latest business news, success stories, grant opportunities, as well as all of our favorite resources and special offers for founders just like you. You can sign up to join our weekly newsletter and join over 50,000 other Entrepreneistas over at entreprenisa.com forward slash newsletter. That's entreprenisa.com slash newsletter to subscribe to the Entreprenista agenda. So something that Stephanie and I love to do with our guests, and we also always recommend this for our clients, is we love to surprise and delight. Oh. So we actually have a gift for you in your Entreprenista swag bag down oh there, if you don't mind opening it up. This bag is so And what we cute. do is we'll stalk you on social media to see what you like. <laughs> so hopefully we got it right. Oh, this is a, is this a watermelon? Yes, yes. We know you okay. love watermelon. Love this. Thank you. This is so thoughtful. I love this. Yeah, you guys can be twins in the office with we your... Will. And you need to drink more water. <laughs> yes, we all do. Uh, so good. I'm glad you like it. Do you ever do surprise and delight campaigns for your audience on social? We do. So we love to do... Social media is just such a platform for connection for us. And I think to kind of take it back into the context of why it was so important for the business... K-Beauty is such a social act. It really helped propel skincare into social because the textures are so visual and it's gummy or stringy or it's encapsulated little pearls that burst on the skin or there's a huge oversized Q-tip that exfoliates. Like there's these surprise and delight elements about the skincare itself that lended it so well to the social conversation. And before that, I think skincare was kind of more of a solitary act that you did behind your bathroom mirror or the chore that you had to slog through to get to makeup, which was the real fun part. But now people were discovering that skincare could be social. And a big part of our social connection with our customers was not only sharing the discovery process of how we curate products from Korea, but also sharing that journey with them. Sheet masking on the plane in the way to Korea, sheet masking on trains in the way to visit vendors. So it's always been that connection medium for us. And so through social media, what we've been doing is, hey, guys, this month, we're going to be doing a hashtag Mask Everywhere campaign. Mask Everywhere, the spirit of it is to be able to skincare everywhere and anywhere, just like you would bring along your makeup bag and touch up your lipstick on the go. So for the month of July, sheet mask with us anywhere. Break those boundaries. Do it on the subway if you want to, like sheet mask and skincare loud and proud and so we got i think several hundred entries under mask everywhere just for that month and people were using masks of all shapes and sizes and it didn't have to be a glow recipe mask but they were just sharing that joy of skin caring with us and then we picked a winner of course what did they win gifted her with a year of years worth of sheet masks Ooh, i love it do you recommend to sheet mask every day 
So there's a whole movement in Korea <laughs> called One Day, One Mask. And so sheet masks are essentially a boot camp for the skin because the sheet mask creates this barrier where actives are absorbed more easily and readily into the skin. So that's why it's so effective. If you do it for seven days in a row or two weeks in a row in a really intensive pace, one a day, it really can do wonders for hydration levels, plumpness of the skin, brightness. So it's something we do if we have a major event coming at the end of the month, a week out, we'll start sheet masking every single day. So it can be very, very effective. You just need to find the right sheet mask, though. You want to find things that have clean ingredients, and it's hugging your skin for 20 to 30 minutes. So just finding the right fit. I love that. I definitely need to try that. I'm going to put that on my to-do list for this year. Uh, and I know your watermelon sleeping mask had uh, more than 5,000 people on your wait list. Yeah. What did you do to promote that product that so resulted that one, in a wait list? It was a viral sensation in itself. We were beyond blown away and humbled by the response because when we launched Glow Recipe Skincare, this was May of 2017, we believed in the product. We knew that it was exactly that dream product we were looking for that combined hydration and exfoliation, kind of like a K-Beauty facial all in one, which never really had been done before for a sleeping mask. And we love sleeping masks because how easy is it? You just throw it on overnight and you wake up to better skin by morning. So it combined all of these factors that we really, really loved, plus an ingredient um, that we were passionate about because watermelon was actually an ingredient that our grandmothers used on our backs when we were young. So in the summers in Korea, super hot and humid, she would rub watermelon rind and Sarah's grandmother too um, on the skin to soothe heat rash and redness. And so it was this miracle ingredient we knew we wanted to harness. So all of these factors lined up. We were working with our chemists for well over a year to develop this product and finally landed on a formula we loved. And then we put it out and I think it was just a trifecta. It's just everything came together perfectly, and people were obsessed with the formula. We did not realize that the wait list would climb to like several thousand in such a short period of time. It actually sold out on Sephora.com seven times. So at that point, we were like struggling to keep it in stock and like frantically calling our manufacturer. <laughs> I think one of us flew over to try to get production in order. Um, and it was just a combination of all of those elements and we were seeing it on social everywhere. And I think the jar, the fact that it's so sensorial and a fun texture, all of these things contributed to that. Yeah. When I look at your social media feed, it's very, very, it's per almost perfect. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, you do a really, really great job, uh, curating the content on your feed. Who's responsible for that? We have a content director, content and social media director who is super, super talented. So major shout out to her. She is part of kind of our senior leadership team as well. When we have kind of offsites with our leadership team, she is definitely part of that conversation because in this day and age, content and social media is so important to what a brand is. It has to be hand in hand with marketing and PR and all of those other traditional elements um, to really grow the brand. And influencer marketing, of course, is yes. a crucial component in, in any for any beauty brand. What has been your biggest learning about influencer marketing over the last several years? That it has to be organic in the sense that the influ influencer genuinely has to enjoy and like and connect with your brand. Having a paid campaign with a major influencer who's never really used your product or isn't really clued into what the brand is about – Customers are so savvy, they sense that from a mile out. So it's a combination of having that organic connection, that authentic connection with that person, and them being 
in turn authentic with their customer, their follower about it. That's, that's better synergy. How do you select your influencers or how do you figure out which influencers love your brand? So actually it's a lot of it. It's from posts that we see on their feed where they post about it first and not a paid placement. They just genuinely enjoy the product. Sometimes they buy it from Sephora directly and they're raving about it. So we've connected with a lot of our influencer partners that way. What would you say has been your most memorable um, I guess, marketing campaign over the last several years? It's a really good question. I think our recent avocado campaign was really, really fun. So the avocado mask came as a sister product to the watermelon mask because while people were loving our cult kind of OG product, they wanted a product that was for super dehydrated skin, a little bit more nourishing. We call it like a, a face snuggie, if you will. <laughs> and so the term avocado is not only about the cute little avocado emoticons we were using and everything. It's really about how it feels on the face. It's like a cuddle for the skin. And so we, after we had the avocado hashtag, it kind of trickled down into this 360 campaign. We were able to partner with a mattress store out in L.A., and had oh, the influencer cool. launch event there, and everyone turned up in pajamas and cuddled avocado plushie dolls That's as they really were cute. <laughs> applying the product <laughs> in bed, and just having that sensorial kind of skincare moment. Um, when we did education events with our Sephora partners, we brought along our avocado plushies, and everyone had a minute of just hugging the avocado and having that self care moment as they were applying the mask. So it, and um, we just also recently launched a, a set with a plush avocado eye mask too. So just every touch point talked to the avocado piece. What's next for, for the brand? So we have a really big launch coming at the end of the month, which we're really excited about. Can't tell you too much right now, um, but it's just very much in line with our philosophy about hydration 24-7, which is such a mainstay of K-Beauty. I can't wait. I will definitely be tuning in to figure out what you're talking about. Uh, and then what would you say over the last, uh, I guess, since you started the business has been the biggest challenge you faced? Biggest challenge besides hiring. Yes, besides hiring. Besides hiring. After hiring, which is definitely a challenge. <laughs> I think our business model has really evolved over the years. So as a as it started, it was a curation site, glowrecipe.com. And our mission still stands to this day to be that discovery site for K-Beauty and all things that are fun in skincare. We call it skin entertainment. So that mission has never changed. But now that we have this amazing response for Glow Recipe Skincare, um, which has been such an integral part of our growth. And then we recently launched Sweet Chef, which is another um, skincare brand that's a little bit more youthful, lower priced, very accessible without any compromising on quality. And that's rolling out to Target. And so now that we have these different levers in our business, I think we're figuring out how we're going to make everything kind of jive together and what the customer understands when she first comes across Glow Recipe. And I think it's a really good kind of question to have because it kind of speaks to the fact that customers are discovering us on all different touch points. The team that you have right now, who who is on the team? What roles do you have? Because I know you and your business partner have uh, complementary skill sets. Yes. Or similar skill sets. So who, who else have you hired to kind of round out um, the team? So we have a marketing team and product development that sits together. It's an incredible team. Um, we also just hired someone to head up our international business expansion. 
because we've been getting so many requests from Europe and different markets. So we want to answer that need. And we have a PR team, the content and social media team. We have an in-house creative team that we're also really, really proud of. Um, I think some of our visuals and our visual content has been amazing and it's really all thanks to them. And then we just hired a finance team as well. Great. Uh, and I know I asked you this earlier, but I know in the early days, you and your business partner uh, did a lot together and I'm sure yes. you still do. But are you dividing responsibilities differently now versus the early days? Yeah, I think we're trying to divide a little bit more in terms of retailers and also oh, right. brands that we manage for our site, but also travel. There's a lot of travel in the sense that we're going out to LA to meet our influencer friends and partners. We're traveling to our retailers to meet them. We have different launches across the country. We had a pop-up recently at The Grove, which was so fun. <laughs> um, but all of this is a lot of travel. And with the international piece in there, we're going to try to split up some of these trips so that we can still manage time to be with our families. And what would you say is was the most surprising thing that you learned about running a business? Ooh, good question. I think that some people around you in your life will be so, so supportive. It actually surprises you. Like they go to great lengths to like a Facebook post or post about your recent successes on their social media so that their friends can see it or they'll introduce you to someone amazingly helpful for your business. And then sometimes you'll find that some friends that you might have thought, would be different are maybe not that supportive um, because they have other things going on in their lives. So it's really been a wake-up call in terms of the people that I know will be there for me throughout this journey and maybe some people who won't be as supportive as I had initially hoped. I think that's been a big learning for me as well. Really? You don't have a lot of time, extra time. So exactly. That, it, a lot of learning comes along with that. Uh, what would you say is the ultimate goal for the company? So ultimate What's goal. What's the end game? Um, I think we want to continue to be that discovery destination for skincare. I mean, how great is it that the conversation around skincare has changed so much in the past few years? Um, a big part of that being K-Beauty. And a lot of people now discovering us through Glow Recipe Skincare don't realize that we're K-Beauty inspired, even though that's very much our heritage. And I think that's actually a really great thing. They like us for our naturality and the fact that we have innovative formulas and great textures. Um, so continuing them to be part of that journey as they discover skincare, as they learn rituals and routines and what their K-Beauty routine is for them and being part of that in terms of educational tutorials and new trends, that's really our goal for the long term. And I think I'm just really proud of where we've come, but also the team we've created together and seeing them grow will also be a big goal for us. Up next, a look at work-life balance for a working mom in New York City and a brainstorm. A common theme from all of the guests we've interviewed on our podcast so far is that they've all relied on support from other women through groups. So we decided to start an Entreprenista Facebook group. Head on over to Facebook and search Entrepreneistas. We really wanted to create a community for entrepreneurs to connect, share ideas, help each other solve problems, and learn from all of our collective experiences. If you join the group, it's really a safe space to talk about being an entrepreneur, sharing your wins, asking for help when needed. It's going to be an exciting 2019, and we can't wait to meet you so we can learn and grow together.
Was there a moment where you thought, I don't want to do this anymore. This is too hard. This challenge is too big. I want to give up. Absolutely. So I think it was a time when this school event was taking place at my daughter's school. I had to be there. But then this retailer meeting was happening across the country and I absolutely had to be there too. Sarah was, I think, in Korea and all of these things were converging. My husband had an out-of-town conference. So I was literally thinking, should I bring my daughter along to this retailer meeting (laughs) on a six-hour flight (laughs) just to make sure that I'm still spending time with her, but I'm still making this meeting? And I wanted to collapse and just cry. (laughs) It was just too much. We eventually figured it out as we do most things. Um, I had like a family member fly in and she watched my daughter for the day. But I, it was a struggle and it still is to this day. It's a lot of logistics and planning and open communication with my husband and extended family to make sure that we can make everything work. How do you, how do you balance it all? <laughs> so once again, super supportive husband. Um, I just say no to a lot of things. And I think this applies not only to business, but my personal life as well. I turn down certain event invites, invites that I have to go to after work so I can spend time with my family. I just, I know I can't do everything. So I have to prioritize rather ruthlessly sometimes. <laughs> and I think I'm a better mom and a better person and better co-founder for it. Is it ever hard for you to say no? It really is because in the beginning of our business, um, you are given these opportunities and it's so hard to say no. And I think it took a while for me to learn how to say no too. Um, and once again, this applies to the business as well, Well, where, for example, certain investors would reach out in the early stages of business, of business and they would say, we heard about you. You guys are great. Can we meet? And we didn't know in the beginning that we could say, sorry, we're not, we're not looking right now. Or sorry, you guys aren't the right fit for us. We were like, oh my God, these guys are super established in the industry and they want to meet with us. And we would meet with them and quickly discover that the person wasn't the right fit or the firm wasn't the right fit or actually the person who we meet, who we met didn't have beauty expertise and they were not even sure what Sephora was. Like we had all different kinds of experiences. And now I think after a few years, we've really learned to identify even meetings that are absolutely necessary for us and will be good for the business versus saying yes to everything. Did you ever raise money? No, we're still independent to this day. So bootstrapping, which hasn't always been the easiest, um, but it's allowed us to remain independent. That's great. Yeah. Stephanie and I, we never raised money. Oh, wow. And we know that's real how hard it can be. It so can be, yeah. yeah, we have a lot of similarities. We actually. Need to grab <laughs> For sure. We definitely store. need to need to grab dinner. Um but yeah, so something else that Stephanie and I like to do is a brainstorm. Okay. So is there anything that you would want to ask me? We will usually put sixty seconds on the clock and I'll spit out some random ideas. Oh my God. So what is your skincare dream? Like what would be your dream product? Uh, my skincare dream. So I will tell you <laughs> that a lot of the skincare that I use is skincare that I'll just pick up at events that mm-hmm. is in gift bags. So my uh, bathroom is filled with all of these random brands. One, the 
the one that I'm using right now is Drunk Elephant. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm using, you know, all of their serums because I happened to get it in a gift bag at an event I went to. And I'm really, really liking it. But it's complicated because I don't know what to put on first. I have all of these okay, different yeah. products in my cabinet, and I'm just, like, randomly choosing them. And I'm like, oh, I think this is going to do something to my face, <laughs> and it feels good. Um, but I'm not really consistent with it. So if there was a skincare product that was simple, maybe one or two mm. products, and somehow reminded me to use it every morning and every night. It takes a guess that would be Yeah, that would okay. be making it super, super easy. That's good insight. Is, is what I would like. Their skincare is complicated, their, mm-hmm. their product line, because there are so many products. Exactly. And that's something we tried to dial down with the whole K-beauty trend. I think this myth of 10 to 15 steps came about. And for us, that actually did a disservice to K-Beauty because we were hearing from so many people and customers, I can't do 15 steps. I mean, I can't do 15 steps. Like, that's crazy. That's so many steps. And the reality is Korean women aren't counting the number of steps that they have to do every day. It's really more like a dialogue with your skin. So I'm going to use a hydrating toner today and a brightening serum because I feel a little dull and I'm just going to top it off with a little moisturizer to seal that serum in and mixing and matching and that customization. You might have a skincare wardrobe of like 30 different products, but doesn't mean you're putting on 30 products every day. So that approach is really what K-Beauty is about. And I love what you just said about needing that simplicity because we're all busy. We have only have so much time in the day. It has to be simple. You're right. Uh, and I, but I will tell you too that the one product that I'm very religious about putting on my face is eye cream. Yes, absolutely. So absolutely. So I mean, I have a good eye cream. It's <laughs> so important. Eyes are the first place on the face to show kind of the signs of aging. They're more delicate. The skin is thinner. There. Not all products are actually ophthalmologist tested. So you want to make sure. a great idea for you. Yes. So when I was younger, mm-hmm. my mother, she's very in, much into beauty and and all of that. And when I was little, before I would go to school, she would always put lotion on my face. Oh. And my friends never like they didn't have that experience with with their moms. My mom was so religious about skincare from a very early age. And as a result, I always moisturize since I was a little girl. That's so such I a good think habit. that if you did a campaign where you encourage mothers to teach their young daughters about skincare. Mm. They just grow up kind of learning what to do. I mean, I still have a lot of questions, but from a very young age, I've always moisturized. And I feel weird if I don't in the morning. Just don't feel like myself. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Skincare starts very early in Korea. You're expected to have at least a three-step routine going into your kind of teens. And after school, even before you like have your snack after school, you have to go wash your face. Because the thinking is like you want to discard all of these work clothes or your school clothes and get into something more comfy. Wouldn't your skin feel the same way and kind of shed the day and start clean? So I still have that memory. And also going to the bathhouse with my mom and grandmother every weekend. And she would bring along milk and green tea. And we would create these bowls steeped with green tea and splash that on the skin or milk and splash that on the skin. And these kind of DIY remedies are a good memory I have growing up. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Mm-hmm. So everything I know is, is from my mother. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the moisturization thing is a good idea. So as you think about all of your accomplishments to date, how do they fit into your master life plan? Oh, wow. That's a deep question. <laughs> so I think my ultimate goal is to 
be able to balance a career that I love in beauty because I've been in beauty forever and I still enjoy it every single day. It's a good feeling to wake up and want to go to work, but also balance that with a family and being able to be a good example for my daughter. Um, she's in school now and she's asking harder and harder questions every day. And I want to be able to show her that she can have the choice to work or not work and really have those choices for herself and be able to have a career and a family if she wants to, too. And I want to set that example for her. I don't know if that's really a grand plan. It's kind of <laughs> what my personal plan is. So every day I'm very cognizant of of that. So I might have a great day at work, but I, I also want to make sure that I'm coming home at a decent hour and being able to spend time with her, listening to her about her day, talking to her, having that connection with her. Um, and then maybe if I need to, I go back to emails after she goes to bed and it's not perfect, but it's what my balance looks like right now. I've also brought her a lot to work events because I want her to see what I'm doing and understand. So when we had a pop-up in Soho, and this was, I think, early 2017, such a fun space, she actually came along um, to help dust the shelves and help make little shopping bags. And I want her to be able to experience that as well. Has she said yet that she wants to start her own business one day? So she does keep saying she loves watermelon. She <laughs> likes to smell the jar. <laughs> and she'll make me little pouches for my beauty products. That's really um, cute. And then once on a pouch she made for me, she had written Shark Tank and drew a little shark on the pouch. So she's picking up all these things, even <laughs> though she's very young. So the, the responsibility is real. Um, but I think she enjoys the fact that I I like tell her these stories about my work and she's she's very immersed in it. Yeah. That's great. That's that's really really sweet. Uh and then what would you say being an entrepreneur means to you? Being an entrepreneur means to me just going out there every day and kind of making things move along, making things happen. And I know that's kind of a cliched phrase, but what I mean is I think willpower is a funny thing in that Willpower is basically the ability to have an idea and make that reality, right? If you think I'm going to run a company one day and putting concrete steps every day to make that happen, manifesting that into reality and knowing that you might be doing a different job right now, but I did this, this, this today to put that plan in motion. I did four concrete things today that will make that dream a closer reality. Just that, that's what an entrepreneur says to me. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It takes, you know, baby steps to it get does. to where you want to go really and you have to have the patience and the, and the willpower, like you said. Um, and then what would you say is next for, for you when you leave here today and <laughs> uh, by the end of the year, where do you want to be? So have a lot of interviews today of all days. I'm going to take back some of those amazing question tips you gave me um, because I really want to make sure our team is in a good place and that everyone's being supported and working together like a family. So that's a big, big goal for us. I really love how family, the family environment that our team has. We had an amazing holiday party last year where we all came together and dressed up in black tie um, had a karaoke session. So, and that team bonding experience is, has been one of the biggest joys of running a business. Another goal I have for us is to make sure that in terms of what our customers are getting from Glow Recipe Skincare, that it's even more clear. Like, you know, if you go to Glow Recipe, 
this is exactly what you're going to get. And I think whether that's on our site, our social media, the products we launch, we have some grand plans this year to make that even bigger and better. So awesome. I can't wait to follow along. And where can everyone find you and follow you? So we're on glowrecipe.com or at Glow Recipe for our Instagram handle. And then I have a personal Instagram handle, which is Christine Underbar Glow. And you'll see me definitely sheet masking in some crazy places <laughs> as I go along in my entrepreneurial journey. Well, you've definitely inspired me to start sheet masking more often. And so earlier you gave a gift to me. So we also want to give a gift to your listeners. So for the month up to end of March, um, we'd love to offer 15% off glowrecipe.com with the code entrepreneista 15 If you're just starting out in K-Beauty or just starting out your skincare routine, never fear. Just email love at glowrecipe.com. And we have a team standing by to help you set up your skincare journey. Awesome. I can't wait to check it out. And thank you so much for joining me today. This was definitely one of the best business meetings I've ever had. (laughs) Thank you. Entreprenista is produced by Mouth Media Network for Socialfly. Copyright 2019, Socialfly, all rights reserved. Thanks for listening. Hey, entrepreneurs, it's Steph here. Do you want to experience what it's like to be part of our Entrepreneurs League community of founders? Now is your chance. New member open enrollment begins on June 10th, and so does our Experience Week. I really want you to have the opportunity to experience what it's like to be part of the most supportive community that will be here to support you at all stages of your business journey during our Experience Week. This will be a five-day virtual event series, and it starts on Monday, June 10th through Friday, June 14th. You're going to get access to live networking and learning events, business growth strategies, as well as office hours with Kim Corral, who is a CEO and serial entrepreneurista, as well as a prominent angel investor. You will also get access to a session on how to win grants with Kat Weaver and Katie Dunn, founders of Power to Pitch. Plus, our mentor, Carrie Kirpin, will be teaching a session all about how to build a profitable business that can sell for more money. And of course, I'll be hosting two info and networking sessions where you can really get an inside look at all of the exclusive benefits and resources that are offered only inside of our Entrepreneurs League community. Plus, you'll have the chance to meet and build relationships with current members. You can register today for Experience Week over at entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week. That's entrepreneurs.com forward slash experience week to join us for a week of free virtual events. I cannot wait to meet you and be part of your business journey.